Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of MMA Grinders Live. I'm your host, Brett Apley. Most of you guys know me as BB Bomb, and I am here with not my usual co-host. Uh, Mike is in New York, I believe. He couldn't make it today, but do not fear. I have brought in another great mind to talk about UFC 214. He goes by the name of Big Marley 3. Uh, Marley, Kyle are other names he goes by. He does the ownership projections um for me in the mma premium uh section he also does the marley minute on other platforms uh just one of the best players in the industry and uh looking forward to talking with him on this card so kyle what's up man how's it going hey not much thanks for having me on uh i watch every week glad to be on for the first time yeah and you had quite a week yourself last week i know that we a lot of uh, there are quite a few big winners in, in the community, you know, that, that we know, but you were definitely one of them. I, I saw, you know, quite a few thousand dollars uh, up on your side. So um, just before we get into 214, I guess I'll ask you about last week. How was it? And, and yeah, how'd you come out? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I pretty much had the nuts as my cash lineup, which I threw in everywhere. I got my first qualifier seat and I have a tiebreaker this week for the second one. So Hopefully I'll knock out two seats real quick and then have plenty of time for the, that third last seat. Yeah. And I actually forgot about it until just now, but I got second and another qualifier. So that's twice already this qualifier season. And it happened a couple of times last time. I know I can't complain cause I've had, I've gotten lucky enough times, but I'm sure it is nice to get one of those seats. Uh, hopefully I will get my own one of these days. Um, but man, there is so much money to be won on DraftKings this week. I was just going over the contests. Um, $200,000 GPP, $8 entry, $25,000 to first place. That's definitely the biggest prize uh, we've had all year. Um, there is a with what they're calling the fight of the decade in Las Vegas, win two tickets to McGregor, uh, McGregor Mayweather, only $20 to enter. It looks like you can enter uh, 30 times. Um, so yeah, great opportunity to win two tickets for, for 20 bucks and uh, $2,500 for travel and airfare um, or travel and hotel accommodations. So that's awesome. Ton of uh, fight to the finish qualifiers, just, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars out there. Um, and it's an awesome card from a viewing perspective too, obviously Cormier Jones too. Uh, before we dive into the fights, I guess I'll just mention again that, uh, you know, we're going to break down the fights as well as we possibly can in the time span that we have. If you want the complete written breakdowns, projections, rankings, ownership from myself, from Kyle, 
Uh, you can get them in the MMA premium section here on Roto Grinders in the marketplace. Their premium chat, there's a, a ton of things in there. Um, it should be a great week to do so. So, uh, Kyle, what do you say we jump into the fights? Let's do it. Um, and yeah, I guess just to start, like, what what's your take on um, the card as a whole? Because, like, in my estimation, there there's not a ton of underdogs that I love, and, and you know, just looking at just looking at the way the salaries set up, we'll, we'll obviously get into this in a bit, but um, man, some of these fighters look like they're going to be really high owned. And I think that's going to be, you know, interesting to navigate this week. Yeah. I mean, it's a tricky card for DraftKings, but a card as a whole, I'm really excited just to watch it. I mean, you got Cerrone Lawler, the second fight on the pay-per-view, the second fight on the exclusive prelims or Shelton Brooks. I mean, I think it's going to be a great card in general, but yeah, I'm struggling already from a DraftKings angle finding lineups that I love. So looking forward to, uh, to the challenge. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And let's jump into the first uh, preliminary fight. Drew Dober taking on Josh Berkman. Dober is a favorite at minus 360. Berkman the dog at plus 300. And on DraftKings, Dober is quite expensive, 9K. Berkman on the flip side is pretty cheap, 7.2K. Um, this, I, I assume, will be one of the lower-owned fights on the entire card. Do you have any interest in it? Um, I definitely have more interest in Berkman than I do Dober. I believe that this was opened as a plus 125 uh, on the Vegas line for Berkman. So that's pretty crazy that it jumped up that high that fast. So I'm going to go ahead and take the value with the opening betting line and have a little bit of Berkman exposure because I think he could win this fight. And if he wins, it's going to be by takedowns. But if, if Dober wins, I don't see how he scores more points than the people that are in his range. Yeah, it is interesting. I don't generally look at it from an opening odds perspective, but it, it I do see value in that because I don't think Dober should be a minus 360 favorite. I think the line is way too wide. Um, what's really interesting to me is that Dober is in that range with Andre Feely, uh, Cyborg, John Jones, Manila, um, you know, in theory, you know, Dober is just not a good play, but you know, his inside distance prop is plus 145. That's pretty strong. I, I expect him to be severely under owned, like potentially even less than 10% owned. Um, so in my opinion, I think Dober has value in the large field tournaments because we always want to find ownership angles, but in it really any other tournament, I, I don't have much interest in Dober and Berkman on the flip side. I get it for the price. You know, if he wins at all, he's probably going to pay value. Um, still don't really see him finishing, but uh, I mean, like, what are you thinking on ownership for Dober? Uh, I think it'll maybe be the lowest on the entire card. I don't know exactly where, but I would guess under 10, like you said. Uh, I was, we were talking about it before the show, but um, there's a similar thing when the, not exactly similar, but Natal last week we knew was going to be low owned. And I, you know, he was literally 4% owned in some spots. Um, you know, if he's 4% owned and John and John Jones is 60% owned, like I don't think Jones has a 12 times better chance to pay off his price than Dober. So it's very interesting from a contrarian standpoint, but in general, I expect this to, to be a slow paced decision. So most likely won't score that well. Um, let's move on to the next fight, which I think we've both 
are interested in. Eric Shelton taking on Jared Brooks. Brooks is the favorite at minus 150. Shelton underdog plus 130 on DraftKings. Um, what's his face? Brooks, 8.6K. Shelton, 7.6K. Uh, who yawned in this one? Um, I would lean towards Brooks. Um, but I like this fight as a whole. I think it's going to be exciting. A lot of ground transaction uh, transitions and uh, that's just what you look for in DraftKings. So I think I'm going to have both fighters in general, but if I'm picking a winner, I like Brooks just because of the wrestling. Uh, I always lean towards those kind of guys, but I was heavier on Brooks uh, a few days ago because now there's value shifting on two other fighters and it's kind of taken him out of my lineups because of that reason. So I'm definitely going to have some Brooks and some Shelton, but I might not have as much Brooks as I originally planned on. Yeah, this is an interesting spot to me. I think um, I expect it to be owned, but I don't expect it. I don't expect it to be as owned as it should be for the 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 pace that they'll fight at. Um, Brooks, you know, he was going to make his debut against Ian McCall, and McCall pulled out with a sickness, I believe, the day of the fight. Um, just watching a bunch of his fights back, he 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 fights at such a high pace. Um, super aggressive grappler, and he's also really small. So um, I can't say that I'm super confident in Brooks winning, but I do think if he wins, it's likely to be a, a grappling-centric decision, most likely, um, which definitely interests me. And Shelton, on the flip side, he, he's going to have to fight at a high pace to stop Brooks. That's really the only thing he can do. So – if he wins, I think it's likely that he scores highly as well. Um, Shelton's also, I, you know, he hasn't really proven himself, but he, I, he's got a decent name already. I've seen a lot of people on him. Um, he might even be more popular than, than Brooks, but I do think Brooks is the better play. Um, so, yeah, let me pull up the inside distance odds on this real quick. Yeah, that might change my mind if, if Shelton would be higher owned then I would uh, lean even more towards Brooks, I think. Yeah, and, and neither guy has good odds to finish. Shelton's plus 455, Brooks is plus 490. Both wow. are awful. I'm hoping that sways people off the fight because we've kind of, you know, it's proven that we don't need finishes to score highly. You can score 100 points in a decision, no problem, if you're a grappling-based fighter. And, and I think this fight has potential to do that, so – um, I like this fight. I like both sides. I plan to have a, um, a good amount of exposure to it, but Brooks is, is my preferred play. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Uh, let's move on to the final fight pass prelim. Uh, Kylan Curran taking on Alexandra Albu. Albu is the favorite minus 165. Curran the underdog plus 145. On DraftKings, Albu, 8.3K, Grant, uh, 7.9K. Um, another fight that I think could potentially go overlooked just based on the, the, the pace of the fight. And I, I expect a lot of people to be – or I expect more people to be on Albu just because just because they're fading Curran. Is that – are you the same – are you on the same uh, wavelength? Yeah, I, I think you're right, as in most people will do that, and that's kind of – how I'm thinking as well. I think I'm thinking I'm more on the current fade than I like Albu, if that makes sense. But this is a, like, like I said a minute ago, 
I'm losing value on Brooks because the betting line now has Albu at minus 165, but Brooks is minus 150. So I've been finding myself moving those Brooks lineups over to Albu just to save money and maybe go up to Cyborg. <laughs> yes, it is nice to get in Cyborg if we can. Uh, this fight's interesting to me because Albu, I mean, she's only fought once in the UFC and, and now has had a long layoff. Um, looked, like, looked like a decent striker. Uh, looked very physical and, but there, there's still just not enough data on her for, for me to be confident either way, but I've seen enough from Curran that I can't really favor her in, in any fight. Um, I think she could potentially win this fight. I think it's close, but there's just no way for me to favor her. She's, you know, proven herself inconsistent pretty much in every aspect of the game. Uh, Albu has shown that she can finish, uh, look like she has a decent ground game too. So I, I almost expect Albu to get a finish sometime throughout the fight. It's just so hard to predict how this fight's going to play out. could just be a brawl. Um, I don't know if either fighter can really follow through with the game plan at this point, but yeah, on DraftKings, I, I like it. I, it's, it's one of the mid range fights. I plan to be targeting the mid range this week. Um, don't think Albu or Curran will be significantly owned. Um, so I like Albu and I will have some exposure to Curran just because I think people are going to automatically fade her because of her past performance. And uh, it's something I like to take advantage of when the fights are still close, but my preferred play is still Albu. Um, moving on to the, what is this? The FXX prelim? Is that a channel? Uh I'm not sure. I haven't even looked to see where that was. I just assumed it was FS1. Maybe it's F, maybe F, isn't it FX? I don't know if FX, FXX is a channel, but um, <laughs> regardless, Andre Feely taking on Calvin Cater, I believe is how it's pronounced. Feely, one of the uh, biggest favorites on the card, minus 380. Calvin Cater, plus 315 is the dog. Feely, also one of the higher price fighters, 9.2K. Cater, 7K flat. Um, again, Feely's in that range with Cyborg, Dober, John Jones, Jimmy Manoa. We can't take them all. I think Feely is going to, I think people like Feely, but I still think he's going to go under owned. Um, do you prefer him over Dober? I'm assuming. And, 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 but can you, can you get yourself to move off Jones and Cyborg at all to him? Yeah. I mean, I like Feely as a fighter, and in this fight, my problem is he is in that range with Cyborg and Jones. Um, and I would rather have those two guys. So I'm more likely to have Feely than I am Dober. That's for sure. Uh, I just haven't seen enough from Cater to, to really pick Feely. You know, I don't, I don't want to put my money against a guy who I don't really know what he's bringing because I haven't seen him in two or so years. Um, but what I have seen from him, I don't think justifies a plus 315 line. So. If I'm picking, if I have to have this fight in my lineup, I think I would rather have Cater and then have Cyborg or Jones in my lineup instead of the Feely. Yeah, and I think I think that's how most people are going to view it, only because they're going to force themselves to take Cyborg and Jones. Um, I don't know. I, I like feeling this spot. I haven't seen much from Cater to tell me that he's, you know, UFC level. He looks like a decent boxer. He calls himself, I think you're the one who pointed this out. He calls himself the Boston finisher. Uh, all, the last six fights have, he's won by decision. Yeah. So 
got to get that uh, name change, big guy. Um, Feely's inside distance props plus 125. That's really strong. Much better than John Jones, better than Dober, uh, not better than Cyborg, obviously. Um, I like Feely in this spot. I don't, I don't think Cater's necessarily UFC level. Feely's coming off super impressive victory over uh, Hakran Diaz. You know, it just looks like he's improving. Um, he's had a ton of UFC experience at this time. You know, his only losses are to um, Pepe, which understandable, Max Holloway, and uh, yeah, yeah. And Yair. So it's not like he's losing to scrubs. I don't think Cater's on that level. And from the little that I've seen on tape, Cater, you know, he has some boxing, but he tends to back himself into the cage a lot. And, and I kind of see that happening in this fight. And I see Feely just uh, beating the crap out of him when he does that and probably finishing the fight. Um, he's also, you know, he's also shown a bit of wrestling. I just think Feely's on another level. I, I, I don't see Cater beating Hawkron Diaz essentially. And I just, I think, I think it's a mismatch with that said Feely fights, you know, in a brawling style sometimes. And um, when he does that, obviously his defense isn't as strong as it should be. And, potentially he gets caught that that's really the only way i see cater winning caters inside distance is plus 475 not great he's not going to be high owned though so if you want to take a flyer on him i think that's fine but i definitely do like feely as a pivot to everyone in the top tier except for cyborg if you can fit in cyborg over feely you should do it but i do think feely is makes for a strong pivot over john jones um dober for the three percent of you that take him and uh even <laughs> even jimmy manila so um yeah honestly honestly hopefully hopefully he does come away with a finish because i think that would shake things up if jones and cyborg come away with quick finishes for whatever reason there's going to be a lot of ties yeah true i mean i definitely think uh feely is a pretty decent play especially on this card because cyborg and bones are on it and they're gonna be really high owned um and we should mention this is a short notice fight for Cater. So he's coming in there and it's probably going to be first, second round or bust. Um, and if he doesn't get it in that second round, he's probably getting finished. So that's a lot of feely points that could get piled up. Um, but yeah, the only issue is, I mean, if you have money to spare, how can you go with feely over cyborg? I could see it uh, feely over Jones, but if you have money to spare, I can't justify having feely over cyborg. Yeah, if it, it does feel like Cyborg's floor is like 120 points, although it's MMA and we know that. But yeah, anything... I would say, yeah, Feely tournament only, of course. I mean, if you're doing cash, you got to have Jones or Cyborg in there. Yes, I think Feely's better served for tournaments, but I, and I, I do think he's going to be sneaky. I just don't see – I see so many people playing Cyborg and Jones that there just won't be, there just won't be room for him. Maybe he'll, he'll be 20 to 25%. I, I doubt it, but maybe, yeah. maybe 20%. Um, I guess uh, you'll have to check out MMA Premium for, uh, for the official ownership projections when those come out. Um, all right, let's move on to the next fight. Hinato Moicano taking on Brian Ortega. Moicano is a slight favorite at minus 150. Ortega, the dog, plus 130. On DraftKings, the uh, prices are a bit tighter. Moicano, 8.2K. Ortega, 8K. Uh, do you have a lean either way? 
yeah, I like uh, Muicano a lot as a fighter. Uh, and I like that that value that there is to be had on DK with him only being 8,200. Um, but he's also the same betting line as Brooks is. So I found myself taking Brooks out of lineups for Muicano as well. Um, but my thing is I like him more to win the fight than I do score highly on DraftKings. So yeah, I'm struggling on this fight as a whole. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, I would like for it to hit the ground. It, it could be really interesting down there, but I don't see a reason for him to take it to the ground because I think he'll be winning on the feet. So I don't really have a good, a good read on it DraftKings wise, but I'm picking Moicano to win it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, I favor Moicano. I think he's the better striker and I would love to see this fight take place on the ground. I don't honestly know who would have the advantage. Uh, Ortega is obviously uh, maybe the higher profile grappler. He very slick on the ground, um, but Moicano is too. And, and I, and I expect that they would neutralize each other. Of course, you know, the longer, the, the more exchanges that would take place on the ground, the more likely it would be for, for someone to get a finish. Um, but I just, I see Moicano having a slight edge throughout the entire fight on the feet and just keeping the fight standing unless he like goes for a takedown at the very end of a round. Ortega's won all of his fights by late finish and, um, yeah, he was losing all of them too. So exactly. Yeah. Well, like, wow, that's a good, it's, it's kind of a Yoel. It's it's not the same thing, but it's the (laughs) same argument I made with Yoel Romero. Like, look, it's great that he he's finishing these fights, but like you can't take into consideration only the moment of the finish. You have to take into consideration the entirety of the fight. And he he could have lost to quit to Clay Guida. Um, he mm-hmm. was absolutely losing to uh, Brandao and he was losing to Tiago Tavares. So um, I expect him to be losing to Moicano as well. Maybe he gets a submission. Inside distance props on these two aren't great though. Um, so I think, <clears throat> I think Vegas agrees. Um, Moicano inside the distance is actually pretty horrific. Plus 472. Wow. Uh, that makes me not want to have much exposure to him at all. Um, yeah, maybe you're changing my mind on the show, and I'll go back to Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but I agree with you. I think Morikano's going to win. It's just we, yeah. we both kind of agree he's not going to be landing a ton of takedowns. If his inside distance prop is nearly plus 500, that means it's just coming down to significant strikes. There's a way he could end up on the winning lineup. I don't think it's strong, though. Ortega is plus 398 inside the distance. Pretty poor as well. Um I get it if you want to take a flyer on these guys. I just don't think it's the best target in, in any format. Um, all right, let's move on to the next fight. Aljamain Sterling taking on Henan Baral. Sterling, the favorite at minus 125. Baral, the underdog, plus 105 on DraftKings. Uh, Sterling, 8.4K, and Baral, 7.8K. Who do you got here? Uh, I'm going back and forth on the fight, honestly. Um, but DraftKings is actually, I think, putting me on Burrell because I don't see how how Sterling will score enough points to pay off his value. But Burrell is the underdog with a little bit of value there on DraftKings. I could see him paying off the value. So it's, it's leaning me towards him, just wanting him to win. Um, but, man, I think this is a fight to fade. I don't see either one of them scoring very highly. 
Um, and if they were the same price, see, my problem is Burrell's got really good takedown defense, and I just don't see how Sterling gets it there. So that's the only way he scores highly. I would rather have Burrell than Sterling, but uh, I, I would choose to fade it over anything. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it's frustrating because I, I think Burrell has, you know, potentially, you know, probably the best chance to win out of anyone sub 8K. I think he probably will win. Um, the problem is if he wins, he's going to be stuffing takedowns, probably not getting any of his own and landing 60 to 70 significant strikes. So I'd say the most, you know, even if Burrell wins, the most likely outcome is he scores 60 to 70 points. Um, maybe he gets a knockdown in there. Maybe he, he gets a takedown in there, but I think it's going to be very difficult for him to score a hundred points. And that's frustrating me because um, like I said, I, I think Burrell is going to win. I'm not locked on it, but basically for the reasons you said, amazing takedown defense, Sterling's not the best wrestler and Sterling's, I think going to have to take the fight to the ground. I don't think he will be able to. Um, and even if he does, Burrell's a good submission grappler on the feet. I think you have to favor Burrell, even if it's slightly, I think you have to favor him. What's interesting to me is Sterling's inside distance prop is plus 340. Burrell's is plus 535. Hmm. Um, do you think like maybe because Burrell's chin isn't as good do you think that's possible? yeah i mean I, I would think it's more just a, a fade on morale just because he's looking like he's on the downside of his career and sterling is this kid who's coming up so maybe they're just looking for better value than the betting line and that's what's driving that price but yeah that doesn't make sense to me yeah and so i i, I don't think there's much reason to play sterling i mean in theory yeah if he lands a bunch of takes downs and, and finishes he's going to score well i just Burrell's hasn't been taken down once in the UFC in like how, you know, 10 plus fights. Um, one of the, one of the best takedown defenses in, in the history of the sport. Burrell, I, I don't see him finishing. I don't see him scoring hundred points, but I think he has a pretty good chance to score 70. So I'm going to have exposure to Burrell because I don't think there's a ton of underdogs who are going to win. So you got to go with what you're confident in in a sense, uh, but I will be forced to have limited exposure. Like it won't be a heavy exposure play. Like I said, because I just don't know if the upside is there. Um, let's move on to a fight that uh, another fight I think has quite a bit of, of uh, fantasy value. Ricardo Lam is taking on Jason Knight. Knight edging this as a slight favorite, minus 125. Lam is the dog, plus 105. And both are 8.1K on DraftKings. Um, I don't know if I agree with the line. I, I think Knight is is getting some hype right now. Um, but I always love fights that are 8.1K because, you know, it, it usually provides one of them with value. So uh, who you got here? Um, it's another one where I'm going back and forth. Um, I think I'm leaning towards Knight uh, just because he's so tricky on the ground. I don't know if Ricardo Lamas is going to want to take it there, how much success he'll have there. Um, and I think Knight is the better stand-up striker. So that's what's making me lean towards him and the betting value on him as well. But I do think if takedowns are going to be had in this fight, it's probably going to be Lamas. Uh, so from a DraftKings angle, that makes me like him a little bit more. 
Um, I don't know, man. I think if, if I'm making 10 lineups, I would rather just have two with Knight and then make those same exact two and have Lamas in there as well. Guarantee myself the winner, and that way if it scores high, I have a chance with one of them. Yeah, I, I agree with you on, on some points. Um, I would – if I was making 10 lineups, I would – definitely lean one way um and i would definitely have more than 40 percent exposure i'd probably have closer to 80 percent exposure on this like i think the winner of this fight is pretty likely to score to score well um i'm favoring lamas right now i I think uh you know if you go back and watch you know knights some of his fights like even the fight against jim aylers i think is a decent comp to this fight uh more stocky power guy and uh you know Ailers was able to take him down a handful of times Mizugaki took him down a handful of times Knight doesn't have the best takedown defense I do think Lamas is the better wrestler I do think Lamas is going to shoot for takedowns and probably get them Knight has a strong guard but you know Lamas is a jiu-jitsu black belt I don't think he's going to be in uh, a ton of danger there and I also think Lamas is the heavier hitter. You know, I don't normally think of him that way, but Knight is, doesn't, I wouldn't call him like a one punch power guy. You know, he he has pretty good boxing range striking, not a ton of power. I do think he could land more, but I kind of expect Lamas to hit him harder. Lamas throws really heavy kicks and I think he's going to chew Knight up on the front leg. Um, And I think that's going to play a significant role in this fight. Uh, it's still a close fight. Knights look great, you know, in his UFC run and very, a very opportunistic guy. Uh, Lamas tends to like turtle a lot and, and I could see Knight like jumping on his back and, you know, probably not getting the choke, but potentially getting a submission that way. Don't really see him finishing by strikes. Uh, Lamas, I don't see finishing either. The inside distance props on these guys, I'm guessing aren't too great. Knights plus 287. Lamas plus 377. So Knight is significantly better. Or is that 267? Um, Mylene, Mylene's still on Lamas. I, I think he's more likely to get takedowns, more likely to get passes. And I think he's going to be lower owned. And I do think he should be favored here, if even if only slightly. Um, Knight could win by submission. He could win a volume-based decision. But I think he's going to be fairly popular. Um, and I don't think he's going to be landing a ton of takedowns. So I, I definitely will have more exposure to Lamas. I still want exposure tonight. I think this is going to be a high-paced fight. Uh, I think it's going to score well on DraftKings, but but Lamas is my lean for now. Um, on to the main card, shall we? Let's do it. Opening the main card, Jimmy Manoa taking on Volcan. Uh, how'd I get in the top five already? Ozdemir. Jimmy Manoa, the favorite, only a slight favorite, minus 170. Ozdemir plus 150 on DraftKings. Manoa is 8.8K. Ozdemir 7.4K. Um, I think this will be a popular fight to target, and I have a feeling I know which way you're leaning, but I'll let you tell me. Yeah, I like uh, Manoa to win probably by knockout. Uh, I'm not sure how popular he's going to be either since he's right below John Jones. If people are going to take one of them, they're going to be taking John Jones. Um, But the problem is the odds, man. They're throwing me 
on the Ozdemir almost because he's down there towards the bottom and he's nowhere near the value. I mean, he's way more value than they are with the betting line. Um, so if I'm trying to get Cyborg and Jones in my lineup, it's forcing me on to Ozdemir pretty much. Um, so like I said, I, I haven't really figured out what I'm doing exactly with DraftKings yet, but odds are forcing me onto the guy I don't think is going to win this fight. He was really sloppy against OSP, barely even won the fight. Uh, Sirkunov was a complete fluke. I think he was knocked out in training camp because he barely touched the guy. It looked like he was just trying to grab his head and the guy fell. You don't, you don't think he has the power to knock most fighters out with the touch of a knuckle? I just say, yeah, I can't believe that he would have that kind of power. <laughs> maybe he does, and maybe I should be more on him. Uh, and, I mean, the odds are kind of forcing me to be on him, but that's the problem. I don't want to be on him. I would rather be on Manua, but I am an odds-based kind of guy. So I don't exactly know what I'm going to do with this one yet. I think tournaments, I'll have some Ozdemir. Um but I'm definitely going to have some manual as well. You're an odds-based kind of guy, huh? What if I told you Ozdemir's inside the distance prop is plus 196 and John Jones is plus 255? So in, in this scenario, anytime you think you should roster John Jones, I want you to remove him from your lineup and drop all the way down to Ozdemir. I don't, I don't agree because John Jones <laughs> has five rounds to work with. Uh, and he has never scored less than 88 points, I believe. So that's not bad, right? Nah, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think – I mean, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think Manoa is likely to win. I think Manoa will probably finish. But I haven't been as high on him as a lot of other, a lot of other people. I'm, I'm not, I tend to not be as high on counter-strikers. He doesn't throw with a lot of volume. He's not a takedown artist, he, so he's pretty much locked into knockout or bust. Um, if he wins a decision, I don't see him scoring well, especially for the price. Ozdemir has his flaws, obviously, but he throws in fairly high volume. I don't think he's a knockout artist either, but, he, you know, this is light heavyweight. He obviously hits hard. Um, very strong odds for the price, and I think – you know, I think Ozemir will be fairly popular, and I, I'll probably be aligned with the field on this one. Like, I definitely want exposure to Ozdemir, but I don't want to go super heavy on him because he probably loses um, potentially quickly. But, yeah, plus 196 inside the distance for whatever price I said he was, 7.4K, uh, that's really strong. Um, I do think he has a path to victory, though. He could win by knockout. He could win a volume-based decision. I think those are real outcomes. Um, but I don't think he's as technical as Manoa. Uh, he'll probably get hit hard early, and, and he'll wear out. And I think Manoa will probably finish him late. But, um, yeah, I do think this is a, a fight to get exposure to a little bit, at least on, on both sides. Um I think we have 20 minutes or so left. Let's move on to next fight. Robbie Lawler taking on Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Lawler, the favorite, minus 155. Cerrone, the dog, plus 135. On DraftKings, uh, Lawler, 8.5K. Cerrone, 7.7K. Um, another great fight. Another fight I think we should probably target on both sides. Another fight I expect to be fairly popular. 
Um, how are you navigating this one? Uh, yeah, I think it's probably fight of the night. Um, I'm really looking forward to this if fight. It lasts. And yeah, true in general. Um, but I'm leaning towards Cerrone. I may be biased. I'm a huge Cowboy Cerrone fan, but I also like Robbie Lawler a lot. So I, I don't know if I'm biased or not. But if they were if they were even priced, I would be on Lawler. But they're not even priced. Um, so I'm, I'd rather have Cerrone because even if Lawler scores, for the most part, he doesn't even break 90 points when he when he wins. Um, and Cerrone almost always breaks 90 points when he wins. I think if takedowns are to be had, it's going to be from Cerrone. Um, and I don't, I don't know if Robbie Lawler is on like the same supplement program he used to be. So that makes me lean towards Cerrone as well. Lawler's been off for a while. I know he got knocked out by Woodley and, uh, it's smart to take time off, but I don't know. Maybe he has other reasons for taking time off. I'm not exactly sure, but, uh, you got to have some underdogs on your team and that's why I'm leaning Cerrone. Yeah. I think Cerrone is going to be one of, if not the most popular underdog. Um, I'm on Lawler though. I, I just think, I just think he's a, he's a better boxer. He hits really hard. Um, and I know he's coming off a knockout loss, but he's proven more durable long-term, uh, than Cerrone has. I mean, you know, Cerrone's got run over by a lot of like he got mauled by Dos Anjos. I, I just think Lawler's going to be too much for him if the fight plays out the way I see it in my mind. Um, Lawler's inside distance is plus 163. Cerrone is plus 311. So n- not great, but but good enough. You know, even if Cerrone doesn't finish him, I could see him scoring well enough. He'll land a lot of strikes. Um, my concern with Lawler is that he he sits back a little too much. He, he's not necessarily all in on the counter, but uh, he's not a volume guy. He can give up rounds sometimes and he's so used to fighting five round fights that you know he can kind of get away with it you can't really do that in a three round fight you have to be aggressive uh, it, i have a, you know i have a feeling that he might be uh, more tentative than he usually is which is scary but the odds are too good the the path that i see for victory is too strong and He's only 8.5K, I think I said. So no problem with either fighter. I think it's it's probably going to be a firefight. What are the odds to end inside the distance overall? Minus 150, or minus 150 to finish. So more likely than not to end inside the distance. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good fight to target in tournaments especially. Uh, just a quick little side note. I mean yeah. – with ins- I don't even look at inside the distance odds as much as I used to because I, I feel like since they had the scoring change, it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter as much if it ends inside the distance unless it's that first or second round. Um, and the scoring is just so random. I feel like I'm looking for six wins rather than I'm looking for six finishers. If I can get six wins, I'm winning a GBP. Maybe I'm not coming in first, but I'm winning money, uh, and that's my goal. So I'm always thinking six wins over who's going to end earlier. Yeah, uh, I think that's a great point. And on this card, it's interesting because there's not many grapplers, um, especially especially the, the fighters we think will win, not many grapplers. There's a lot of striking-based fights, a lot of knockout or bust fights, I think. Um, so I, I am taking it into consideration more than 
general general but like we, we touched on the brooks fight you know he's plus 490 to win inside the distance i couldn't care less because uh, he's gonna if he wins it's gonna be grappling based but this fight is striking based so i think it i think it matters more but totally hear what you're saying um and like i said to finish up on this fight i like both sides but lawler is my lean let's move on to one of three uh, title fights Chris Cyborg taking on Tanya Evinger Cyborg uh, just a, a small favorite minus 1375 <laughs> Evinger the underdog plus 900 just I'll get this out of the way early Cyborg inside the distance is minus 660 um, which is uh, I don't even I don't even know how to put it into words um, Cyborg wins in round one is minus 170. So, and the thing is, she doesn't have the price that you would expect for those odds. Only 9.6K. I thought she would have been, I think she could easily be 10K on this card. Um, so she's not, you know, she's hard to afford, but not that hard to afford. So, Avenger, I should say, is, the, you know, the dog, 6.6K. Are you going to force Cyborg into your lineups or, or what? Probably. Um, probably. I think sh- there's no way she doesn't score over 100 points. <clears throat> and I think if there's a lock, for sure to win, it's her, but a lock to score more than 100 and just to 10x their salary, it's, it's Cyborg for sure. Um, so if you're telling me I can have Cyborg for just $400 more than Feely, like I mentioned earlier, Brooks is 400 more than Moicano and they're the same value odds base. So I would rather just go down to Moicano and up to Cyborg. Um, the only problem is I think she's the most owned fighter on the card and possibly 10% more than anybody else. So that's my no, only no, issue no, on no, this. No. I think she's 60% or so owned. Um, Cause why, why wouldn't she be? Uh, you have to, you're going to have to put, over $1,300 on her just to win a hundred, but you only got to put 250 to win a hundred on Jones. People are, people look at that and they know that there's a lock on this card. And I, I believe Jones is, is a lock as well, but n- there's no such thing as a cyborg <laughs> lock. I mean, that's, that's a, it's, it's given. I think, I think Jones is going to be m- more popular. I, he's $700 cheaper. And part of it is like we touched on, there's not a lot of underdogs that, I like, and I, I think in general, the public likes. So it's, you know, I think people will go to Jones before they go to Cyborg because, you know, they can get in Cyborg and, and that's great. But if they get in Jones, they can also get in Woodley and Lawler. And, and I think there's enough other big names in the mid range that people are going to seed uh, some Cyborg to load up on more Woodley and Lawler and Manoa. So I do think she's going to be really expensive and I can't help but force her into lineups as well, but I'm definitely going to be making some line. Like, look, I, I always talk about this, but you can't win a a tournament without six wins, right? You can't win a tournament if your underdogs lose. So a lot of people still start from the top. I'm going to roster cyborg. Then I'm going to roster John Jones. And how can I make this work? the way that I like to make my lineups is I like to go to the underdogs and say, whoever it is, Burrell, you know, 
these guys, I think, have a really strong chance to win, at least compared to the rest of the underdogs. And how, now how can I make that work with them? And so a lot of times it forces me into the mid-range. It forces me off fighters like Cyborg. And like I said, she's such a good play that I'm going to force her in some lineups. But I will be very careful to do that in only a portion and in the other portion make mid-range centric lineups because I think there's a, a you know, a very strong chance that none of these guys went Evinger, Qatar, Berkman, Cormier, Ozdemir, Maya, very easily none of those fighters could win. And if none of them do, I don't know if Cyborg is going to end up on the winning lineup, even if she does score 120 points. Um, and that's what makes this fight interesting. Before we, before we move on, uh, any interest in Evinger 6.6 K? Uh, not at all. I'd say maybe cash only just to for sure get five other wins, hopefully. Yeah. And, <sighs> and possibly stack it. Yeah. I'd say you could throw her in one if you want, but like, it's more just, just do it once. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't see how she wins. I don't even see how she scores more than 10 or so points. Um, yeah. I think we've gone too long already on this cyborg. <laughs> I'm all in. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, the co-main event. Tyron Woodley taking on Damian Maya. Great clash of styles here. Woodley the favorite, minus 210. Uh, Maya the underdog, plus 175. On DraftKings, Woodley is uh, in the mid-range, 8.7K. Maya, 7.5K. Another fight I think is going to be popular. Um, I think Maya will be one of the more popular underdogs. Woodley probably one of the more popular favorites. Um, this fight scares me because everyone knows the ways it can go, right? It's the striker versus the grappler, essentially. Um, I think there's a, a decent chance that if Woodley wins, he doesn't pay off his price. And that's holding me back from going heavy on him. Um, does that concern you at all? And what's your take on the fight as a whole? Uh, yeah, it definitely concerns me because um, if Maya's on his back for four minutes, he's not going to be scoring any points. So that that does worry me, and I've been taking him in and out of lineups for that reason. However, I do think I'm going to make a stand on this, and I am going to pick Woodley by an early finish. Um, I just think his takedowns, takedown defense is too good, um, so he's going to keep it on the feet, and Maya's not going to want to mess with that power too much. And let's say he's even shooting in for takedowns. I think Woodley could do some hammer fists and knock him out with those. I mean, the guy's got some power. Um, so I'm definitely leaning towards Woodley. But if I'm making 10 lineups, I can't have zero Maya because he does find ways to win. And this reminds me a lot of Bermuda's Elkins last week. I mean, I think Woodley's the more explplosive, better striker, You're saying better Elkins. wrestler. I mean, yeah, I'm Elkins not talking has the power in, of Woodley. Is what I'm saying. not even talking the jujitsu, but I'm talking more the backpack. But Damien just yeah, finds yeah, yeah. ways to take that back, and he can hang out on the back for three rounds, and he's not going to be scoring any points doing that. So I, I'm, uh, I'm going back and forth whether I want Woodley in a lot of lineups or not, but I do think he gets the early KO, and I don't think he's going to be that high on since he's in that, that range of Manuel Jones um, I think Maya will probably be the more popular of the two, which makes me like Woodley even more. Yeah, I th I went into this fight thinking Woodley was like a lock, and I came out of it more unsure than I expected. And it's partially because from what I've seen from Woodley when he's on the ground, 
it doesn't look that great. Um, I have no question in my mind that if Maya gets him on the mat, uh, you know, he's going to dominate those exchanges and, and probably finish the fight. And so, it, you know, obviously it comes down to, can Maya take him down? I was watching tape on the mass fit all um, Maya fight. Like if you, if you go back and watch that first exchange where Maya um, got him to the ground and took his back, like that was some incredible chain wrestling. And like, I don't know how you can watch that and, and say like, Maya's not a good wrestler. Like that was phenomenal. And I don't know if he can do it to Woodley. I, I I'm going to guess that he cannot, but it's, you know, it, it's not like he has to double leg him and throw him to the ground. You know, he, he can pull half guard and pin up the leg, get to his knees, sweep. It, it's not, it doesn't have to be a pure takedown from Maya. Um, he could, climb, you know, get on his backpack him like we talked about. So I do think Maya has a real path to victory. And regardless of how he wins, I, I think he'll, if he wins, I think he'll pay off the price. He's if he wins, even if he doesn't get a submission, he's going to have to win three rounds. If he wins three rounds, they're more than likely going to be grappling based. So three takedowns, three five passes, and a handful of significant strikes for that price, I think is fine on Maya, and I expect him to be fairly popular. Woodley, I really do think is knockout in the first round or two or or bust if this fight gets into the fourth fifth he's not going to wrestle he's not going to throw volume on the feet it's knockout or bust so i do think that chance is strong enough that woodley can can get the knockout where i plan to have significant exposure to him his inside distance line is minus oh that's cyborg um minus 113 so one of the best on the card my guess is that he finishes my early, but it's scary. Um, anything else, Tad? Um, only thing would be Woodley's takedown defense is almost 92%, and Maya's takedown accuracy is only thir- almost 32%. So that leans me a little bit more towards Woodley as well. But, man, like I said – like Elkins, he just finds a way to get that back and finds a way to win. It's so hard to pick against him. Um, I just think this is probably the worst possible matchup there is for him. Yeah, I agree. They should call him Damien the Damage Maya. Fair um, enough. He should get that tattoo on his chest. <laughs> that would be great. All right, let's move on to uh main event, fight we've all been waiting for several years for. Um, kind of exhausted about at this point, but Daniel Cormier taking on John Jones, the rematch. John Jones minus 255, uh, 250. Cormier, the dog plus 230. John Jones is 8.9K, and Cormier is 7.3K. So I don't want to spend a ton of time breaking the fight down. I think we, we've broken it down to exha- exhaustion over the past few years. Um, how are you attacking this from a DraftKings perspective? I know we have strong views, differing views. So are, are you going to be all in on, on John Jones or what? No, I won't go all in. <clears throat> I wouldn't say we have differing views. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with you because this ownership is going to be crazy. Uh, yeah. I think everybody starts their lineup with Cyborg and Jones and goes from there, just like you said earlier. And that's going to be the problem. I think Cyborg and Jones are both over 50% owned. 
So the way I would be attacking it is, I mean, really the higher or the higher dollar the contest is um, with less amount of people in it, I'm more likely to have Jones and those lineups, but the big $8 one, that's the one where I, I won't, I won't be all in. I'm not going to have a hundred percent John Jones uh, because I am going to tie if he wins. And I, if he is on the winning lineup, I would rather tie for first than be by myself in third. Um, so that I do need my John Jones exposure because I think he is probably on the winning lineup. I think he is one of the safest picks. I think he's the second safest pick on the card. <laughs> um, you can guarantee he'll be on my cash team. Um, I just think I was a little bit unimpressed with their first fight and he still dominated it. And I think I am going to be impressed in this fight. I think he's going to show the world that he is the best fighter on the planet and he's going to score over a hundred points. And he's only $8,900. I was expecting them to be like $9,300, $9,400. Yeah. Well, you may, you make a lot of fair points. Um, how should I start? I, I think John, so John Jones is going to be extremely popular. We know that if he's going to be, over 50% owned, which I, we both agree he will be like in that big $8 tournament with 30,000 people. If, 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 if John Jones uh, scores 120 points and you have a hundred John Jones lineups, I still think you're screwed. I still think that there's, there's going to be more than 15,000 lineups with John Jones easily more than 15,000. Uh, there are going to be a ton of ties. If John Jones scores, you know, 120 points. And there's going to be even more ties if it's all the chalk scores that way. And it's possible. But at the same time, we look at their last fight. He only landed, he landed three takedowns, which is good, really good. He landed uh, like 92 significant strikes and he got the decision. So it comes to around 90 points. Um, I don't know if I see him landing more than three takedowns. And if he doesn't land more than three takedowns, you know, he's going to need to get those, those points from somewhere else. 90 points is not going to cut it a hundred points. Like we said, you can get, it's so easy to score points these days. I don't know if a hundred points is going to cut it at 8.9 K if Manoa, if Feely, if Dober, one of them wins by knockout or, or whatever in the first couple rounds and scores 105 points. And John Jones has 102 points. Jones is gone. So my take is, yeah, I get it. Jones, I, I think is a safe play. I like him in cash games and I will have some exposure to him in tournaments, but I, I just think if, if he wins and you're, you're going to be, there's going to be so many ties regardless, you might as well go underweight to the field because it's not like Jones has an automatic route to a hundred points. His inside distance, like I said, is around plus two fifty. That's worse than everyone, everyone at the top tier. Dude, Dober is crushing him in, uh, in inside distance odds. Uh, he has worse inside distance odds than Ozdemir. So if he doesn't get a finish, he's going to need a bunch of takedowns. You know, I think maybe he scores 90 to 100 points. That'll be fine. I don't know if it'll be on the winning lineup. And that's my, that's my main concern. Like you said, in the smaller, in the smaller tournaments, um, I think he's more acceptable because he's safer. There's less people. The bigger you go, the less I like him. Um, give me your final thoughts on, on this fight in the card. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going out on a limb, but I think John Jones can and will finish. Probably with elbows would be my guess. 
So, therefore, he's getting that takedown before that happens. I will be heavy on John Jones. <laughs> the higher dollar the tournament is, you can almost guarantee you'll see me with some John Jones lineups. Um, Cormier, I would say cash only for me. Yeah, I, small exposure to Cormier and uh, GPPs I think is fine. Cash is fine. You heard it from Kyle. He is 100% on John Jones every single lineup. Um, with that said, guys, that's all we got for this week's edition of MMA Grinders Live. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will see you next week for whatever UFC it is. Good luck in your contest this week. Bye, everybody. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.